Welcome to Truth on the Go with Andrea Lennon. Andrea is a wife, mom, speaker, and author based in Conway. She is an on-the-go kind of girl who loves Jesus and is passionate about helping women know the truth, live the truth, and share the truth. If you'd like to connect with Andrea and see all of her resources, including having her speak at your church, go to andrealennonministry.org. Now, here's Andrea. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. It is Christmas time. I'm so excited. I love Christmas. I love the meaning of Christmas. I love the fact that Jesus came, that he lived, that he died, that he rose again, and that he is coming back for us. You know, everything finds its meaning in the manger and how the manger set in motion the redemptive plan of God. We know that Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth, but as he came, the advent of Christ, the coming of Christ to this earth, we see the gospel lived out. And I am so excited, Bethany, as we think about Christmas and think about all the ways that we can magnify Christ during this Christmas season. Oh, yeah. It's the perfect time to reflect not only on the greatest and most amazing gift that we've ever been given through his birth, but also to think about the day that he'll come back and that we'll be reunited. I I love the fact that we can kind of reflect on all of those things. And that's the beauty of this redemptive story is that it's not just one component or one part. It's all of it put together. And so we're going to talk about that today on the program. And I hope and pray that it's an encouragement to everyone who is listening, because really, honestly, getting real from the very beginning, as you know, that we love to do, Christmas is busy. Oh my goodness. It can be so, so stressful, so overwhelming, just crazy. I was speaking just this past weekend at a church here in Central Arkansas. And by the way, so many listeners that stopped by and said, hey, I hear you on the fish. I hear you on Faith Talk Radio. And so I love that. That's so much fun. But one thing we talked about is how if we're not careful, especially as women, we will just kind of try to survive or conquer Mm. Christmas. Like survive is I'm just going to try to get through it. I'm just going to try to keep my head above water. I'm just going to try to do what I have to do in order to meet the expectations that I place on myself or maybe that others place on me so we can just kind of survive it or we can conquer it, which is like, I don't know if this has ever happened to you or not, but like I am Wonder Woman. I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to create all the memories and I'm going to basically wear myself out in the process Mm -hmm. and forget what Christmas is really all about. And, you know, I maybe have done that a time or two (laughs) over the years. I can't see you doing that, Andrea. Just a little type A in Andrea. Statement is heavy with sarcasm. (laughs) That's right. Right, that's right. And so just as we think about carving out time for Christ in Christmas, I just have to admit I have to be purposeful yeah. or I will just go right through the season and forget what it's all about, you know, and that just grieves my heart. Mm-hmm. But because we have an opportunity to carve out some time for Christ in Christmas, we can be intentional mm-hmm. as we walk through the next few weeks. So let's talk about maybe some fun traditions, some fun oh, things. I'm, I'm planning on kind of bringing in some traditions um, that I grew up with. So two that really stick out in my mind. Ever since I was little, my siblings and I, we would sleep underneath the Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. We would camp out and it was kind of our our sibling thing. It may or may not have been an excuse to snoop or kind of like poke around the presents and count, but you know, there was that. Uh, But yeah, we we would always do that every Christmas Eve. And then we would always get cream soda in our stockings. That was something my parents started. And I really don't know how they came up with that, but 
that was a big part of my childhood is reaching in and pulling out that glass bottle of IBC cream yes. soda, you know? Yes. So that is a tradition I think I'm going to bring into uh, my marriage now. I'm planning on giving my husband cream soda, whether he it, wants it or not. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting it this I hope year. he's not listening. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. Sorry, babe. That's right. That's right. Well, talking about spoiler alerts, I'll do a couple myself. Whenever the kids were little, of course, I have two boys. I thought I want to help them know that, you know, Christmas is about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we started a tradition many years ago uh, that we would have a birthday party for Jesus mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve. And so cool. it was always kind of the same thing. I would structure it much like I would structure the boys' birthday party so that we would make homemade pizza, we would have a cake, and then we would get all of their stuffed animals. We would bring them into the living room. And as Jay and I read the Christmas story, we would reenact you know, the Christmas story with their stuffed animals. That is so So fun. it was interactive. And I, love I loved watching them decide who, who would be baby Jesus. Like yeah. which stuffed <laughs> animal got to play the role of baby Jesus. And there was this blue bear that we had that was literally the ugliest thing. And it was the prized possession of my boys. Aww. And we had picked it up at a garage sale for like 25 cents. And blue bear, like that was what we Very called creative. You know, blue yeah. bear, played baby Jesus more than anything. Anyone else, any of the other stuffed animals. And so I kept Blue Bear for that reason alone. And mm-hmm. whenever I have grandchildren, I'm sure Blue Bear will resurface. But for now, <laughs> Blue Bear is safely tucked away in the attic of our home, probably collecting all kind of mildew and must. Yeah. I, I don't know. But it's anyway, going to be a nice smell. It'll Blue be Bear. a nice thing whenever we reintroduce uh, Blue Bear into our life. So that was one thing that we really were intentional about. Another thing that we would do is we would drive around and look at Christmas lights. And, you know, that is so simple. We would put on the Christmas music and we would go through, you know, Starbucks or wherever and grab hot chocolate. And we would talk about how Jesus is the light Mm -hmm. because the lights are are so beautiful and your eyes are so drawn to them. It really mimics the intentionality that we should have in our walks with Jesus, that our hearts would be drawn to him and that he would show us the way. And so like every little thing, you know, incorporating spiritual elements to it, that was what we tried to do. That's, Mm -hmm. That's how we have tried to raise our boys. And so that was some of the meaningful things that we would do. But then there were some like fun things that I would do that would probably push me into the category of an overachiever. I mean, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know. I wanted to create this moment whenever the boys woke up in the morning that was magical. Yeah, like a Hallmark movie moment. That's right. That's right. And so a couple of years, I've not done this very often, but a couple of years, the boys would have their, and Jay too, my husband, they would have their gifts wrapped in specific wrapping paper. So whenever okay. they would walk in, they would immediately know, like, this is my wrapping paper, so these are my gifts. And then tied on to their gifts would be fun mementos of whatever they really enjoyed that year. And so here's the spoiler alert for my family. So guys, I hope you're not listening, but they all love to fish. So this year on their packages will be fishing lures. That, That's so I fun. I know, just so fun. I love that. I love it too. And it's so inexpensive, but it's just really fun. Yeah. And so just like little things to just make it fun for re- everybody. Reflect their personality a little That's bit. That's right. So they're going to get some fishing lures. They're going to get some sports related things. They'll get some hunting related things. And my goal is to keep the price point low. Well, you know, my family is traveling this year. And so we are all going up to Minnesota 
And now I have to figure out, we're flying, so I have to figure out, okay, how am I going to get everybody's packages and presents into my suitcase without, you know, going over the weight limit or anything like that? So I'm planning on shipping them ahead of time and, you know, trying to, to see if they get up there in time and all of that, but it's a little bit risky. So we'll see how it goes this year. I don't know. <laughs> well, that just brings up another thing that we have to deal with, which is the post office. I love oh, the post goodness. office. I'm so thankful for <laughs> yes. the postal service, but I ship a lot of books. People, you know, oh, purchase yeah. books during the Christmas season to add on to their gifts and so I'm at the post office a lot and the sweet ladies that work there I walk in and it's like homecoming yeah welcome I mean, back welcome Andrea. back that's right they know what's going on they know what it is they know the routine and so absolutely there's just so many mm-hmm. things that we have to do during the Christmas season and you know just realizing that's just a part of life and so let's just tackle it with intentionality and that's what we're going to do today we're going to look at Luke chapter 2 and talk about the very first Christmas as we remember that Jesus is the reason for the season you know we hear that saying all the time but we need to make sure that we're embracing that that particular statement and that it is true and reflected in how we celebrate Christmas. So on the other side of the break, we're going to come back and we're going to look at Luke chapter two, and we're going to look at two particular points that I think will position us to celebrate Jesus as the reason for the season. We're going to see that we have to really make room for Christ in Christmas. And then we're going to see that Jesus is the very first Christmas gift and that we need to unwrap all of him. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennonministry.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. We're back and we're talking all things Christmas and we're talking all things Jesus as we prepare our hearts to celebrate the true meaning of Christmas. And Bethany, we want to go straight to the word. We want to go straight to Luke chapter two. And there are two particular verses that I want us to highlight during the last portion of our conversation together. And the first one is found in Luke chapter two, verse six. And it says, while they, and that's Mary and Joseph, were there, that's Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Oh my goodness. Just that one Mm -hmm. particular verse, it sets the stage for what God is doing. Whenever we see that they are in Bethlehem, we need to be reminded of God's sovereignty, his providence and his plan. He made sure that Mary and Joseph were at the right place at the right time to accomplish his right purpose, which is that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. And if you're familiar with the Old Testament, you know that Bethlehem was an important place. It was known as the house of bread. And it was through this small little town where the Savior would be born. And so God, in his sovereignty, providence, and plan, he has ordained that a census would be taken so that Mary and Joseph would have to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. You know, and there's just a couple of things we want to make sure that we recognize in that particular portion of the scripture, the first thing is that God is purposeful in all that he does. And when our lives feel out of control, he is in control and he is really working even whenever we're not quite sure what he's doing. The second thing that we want to see is that sometimes life is hard. I'm sure that the timing of that trip for Mary was (laughs) not on her agenda. Being nine months pregnant and riding, I'm assuming on a donkey the whole way. Yeah, not, not a great idea. Not a fun thing. Probably not at the 
top of her bucket no, list. No. But in the midst of that hard moment, in the midst of that overwhelming, uncomfortable situation, God was positioning her in order to be at the right place at the right time for his right purpose. So even through this idea of a census, even through this idea of an uncomfortable you know, ride from Nazareth to Bethlehem, God was at work. And sometimes Christmas is hard. It's just uncomfortable. It is maybe full of despair and grief because we are looking at our life and we're thinking about all the things that are missing from our perspective or all the hard things that we're having to to walk through. And we just need to be reminded from this passage of scripture in Luke chapter two, that God sees, Mm -hmm. that God knows, that God is plotting our redemption and that even in the midst of the difficult times, he is at work. Uh, The next thing that I am always encouraged about when I look at Luke chapter two is that on that very first Christmas day, room was an issue. Because a census was being taken, there were extra people, there were extra activities, there were extra needs, and it led to a crowding there in that little city of Bethlehem. And so I think we can relate to that when it comes to the Christmas season. There are extra people, there are extra activities, there are extra expectations, and there's this crowding in our schedules, in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. And if we're not careful, we will miss what Christmas is all about. And so I think we have to really look at our lives, look at our schedules, look at everything that's going on from December 1 all the way to Christmas Day and then in the days following that and ask, does it really count for life? Does it really matter? Do I really need to add this into my schedule, into my mind, into my heart? Or is it truly just a distraction? One thing that I have found that I do and and I wish that I didn't is sometimes I'll get busy in order to get distracted so I'm not really focusing on the main thing Mm -hmm. and that becomes a defense mechanism in my own life and so you know sometimes I think we do that at the Christmas season we'll just get busy we will get overwhelmed we'll get distracted and in that process we will forget that Jesus is real that he is alive Mm -hmm. that he came that he lived that he died and so we have to be intentional about making room for Christ Christ in Christmas and realize that room has always been an issue. And so yeah. I'm encouraged by that. I'm that encouraged is encouraging, by that. especially to hearing from you that, you know, I'm not the only one that feels stressed around Christmas. I know I, I am a newlywed. I've only been married a few months. And so this is my first Christmas with a whole new family you know, that I'm a part of. And I love them so much, but it is a whole new set of like expectations and new things to be a part of. And I'm trying to navigate all of that. And so I'm so relieved to hear that I'm not like the only one that feels that way, (laughs) that you deal with it too. Absolutely. You know, and sometimes at the holiday season, that's when we're with our family, maybe Mm -hmm. our extended family the most. And that's when we need to be intentional about building and developing those relationships because sometimes we live far away. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we're in different parts of the country or different parts of the states. And sometimes we're just in different parts of our lives. I mean, we're just going in different directions. Mm -hmm. And so coming together and making sure that we seize that moment. That's something that I talk to my family about. Like when we go and see our family, let's be present in the moment. Let's put our phones down, let's engage in conversation, and let's make the most of those opportunities to make much of Jesus. Hmm. Because it's easy to just have those surface level relationships, even with our family members, but actually taking time and saying, okay, I'm gonna be intentional to make sure that I hear what's going on in your life, that I engage in this moment, that I share the hope 
hope of Jesus that I have found. And that's why I'm celebrating Christmas and that we use that opportunity to really connect with them. Also, one thing I've noticed is that I I think that the Christmas season is like the prime opportunity for the enemy to get a wedge in between people to, you know, oh, you see that aunt that you really don't like, or you see that sibling that you don't always get along with. And there can just be friction and there can be just division. And it's important, especially during the season to remember, okay, to extend grace to people, to have compassion and to stay focused on the main thing, not get distracted by some of those relationships that are kind of challenging to you personally, you know, to, to focus on what is really important. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think it is sometimes those encounters with the difficult relationships that happen mm-hmm. during Christmas that really force us into that mindset of, I'm just going to make it through. Yeah, I'm just going to put my head down. I'm just going to, you know, endure this particular setting and I'm just going to make it to the other side. And when we do that, I think that we are falling in the trap of the enemy where he has us completely distracted and focused on ourselves mm-hmm. because we're looking at ourselves and going, what does it take for me to get through this? Instead of maybe asking, Lord, what is it that you want to do through me? Mm-hmm. And that focus then goes back on Christ and who he is in our lives, but what he can do through our lives. And so all of that really becomes an avenue for us to make room for Christ in Christmas, where we get our eyes off of ourselves and we get our eyes back on Jesus and we just choose to celebrate him through our actions, through our attitudes, through our reactions. And that will not happen unless we're intentional, Mm -hmm. unless we say, I'm going to make room for that in my time, in my season, in my celebration of Christ. And it is often in that selfless act of putting ourselves, you know, second and somebody else first, that Christ is actually exalted Mm -hmm. in that moment. And so it's not necessarily fun. Just honest. Yeah, you're being it's real. not just always fun, but it can be deeply meaningful. Mm-hmm. And it could be that switch that actually helps the relationship to be meaningful in our lives. And right. so having a fresh perspective this Christmas season, not only of ourselves, not only of Christ, but of the people around us, it's very intentional and it's very helpful. And so we see that room was an issue because of the census. There were extra people, there were extra activities, there were extra needs. There was extra stress on the people of Bethlehem, and the result was there was a lack of room. Yeah. So we just want to go, okay, I can I can relate to that, yes. and I want to learn from that. And so mm-hmm. let's just make much of Jesus, and let's really focus on making room for him in Christmas. And that's really what produced the action within my family to have that birthday party for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really wanted to make room for Jesus. We really wanted our children to know that Christmas was all about him. So we would have a party for him, and it would get our eyes off of ourselves and our eyes back on him. And one thing we would do during that particular party that I forgot to mention at the first part of our program is that we would wrap up a present for Jesus and inside that present was a picture of ourselves. Hmm. And it was this very important notion of giving ourselves to Jesus. It was a visual. Mm -hmm. And the reason I knew to do that was because whenever I was a little girl, I went to a small church in Paris, Arkansas. And I remember one particular Christmas, our GA's group did that. We Mm -hmm. wrapped up a picture of ourselves and we gave it to Jesus. And I thought, that's that's the gospel. Yeah. That's what surrendering to Jesus is all about. Remember, we say it all the time on Truth on the Go. I want all of him and all of me and all of me living for all of him. 
We have to make room for Christ in Christmas. The next verse that I want us to look at in Luke chapter 2, it is so powerful. Let me set the stage by telling you what is taking place here. Uh, There's a group of shepherds who are out tending their flock. And as they're out there doing their thing, minding their business, uh, the angels appeared to them and proclaimed that the Savior had been born. And the shepherds were just like, oh my goodness, what's happening here? (laughs) And in the process of this conversation, we see the heart of God for all people. Because the shepherds were the least likely to hear about the birth of Jesus. They were the ones outside of town. They were the ones tending the flocks. They were, you know, the low end of the totem pole socially. And we see the angels go to them and proclaim this good news and then send the shepherds to worship the newborn king. And so I want to just unpack just a little bit of what's going on here in Luke chapter 2 as the angel appeared to the shepherds and said this in verse 11 today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Mm. Again, very specific. It's like, okay, the angel did not (laughs) want the shepherds to miss what what was happening in Bethlehem. And as I looked at this passage of scripture, I thought about how the very first and very best Christmas gift was wrapped and waiting for the shepherds. Mm. Jesus is the best gift. We have ever received. And oftentimes at Christmas, what we'll do is we'll compartmentalize Jesus to the baby who came in a manger and we'll leave him in that particular spot in our hearts and in our minds and we'll celebrate the baby and we need to. But what if we unwrapped all of him? Mm -hmm. What if we unwrapped him and realized that he's not only the baby who came in the manger, he's also the man who came to die on the cross. Mm -hmm. And we just see the full picture of God's plan of redemption and we unwrap all of that. This idea of unwrapping Jesus definitely has been informed in my life by my two boys. Christmas morning is a whole lot of fun, especially when they were little. Mm. They would wake up early, I mean like six o'clock in the morning. (laughs) They would run into our room. They would shake us and say, it's time to get up. We need to open our presents. And so Jay and I would, you know, roll out of bed and we would try to stall as much as possible, but they wanted to get to those gifts. And the reason why is because they truly believed that whatever was in that package would radically change their lives and not only radically change their lives, it would bring joy and it would bring, you know, experiences and it would bring so many good things into their life and and the anticipation of what's in that package and how is it going to, you know, change my life. It was almost palpable, you know, with the boys. And so we would wake up and we would go and we would open up the presents and it was just so exciting. And so when I I see that Jesus was wrapped in claws and he was lying in a manger, I get the visual picture of my boys running to the Christmas tree, finding their presents, bringing it back to their spot and unwrapping it with great excitement and with great anticipation. And that's the intentionality and that is the intensity that we need to bring to our Christmas season. We need to identify the things that distract us. I mean, we all have distractors as we go through the Christmas season. We talked about some of those at the top of the program. What are the things that are pushing our eyes and our hearts and our minds away from Jesus as the true meaning of Christmas? And let's just be honest about those. Let's identify them. Let's remove them from our life. And in the process of removing the distractors, let's find the things that help us magnify Christ during the Christmas season. It's almost like Christ is the target, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's the center. (laughs) He's the bullseye. As we think about walking through our Christmas season, 
season, what helps us hit the bullseye? Hmm. What is it? Is it the word of God? Is it Christmas worship music? Is it, you know, having the right friends around us to help us determine what the distractors are and to hold us accountable? What are the intentional steps that we can do to help us unwrap all of Jesus so that we don't just survive this Christmas season? And then as we unwrap him, we're going to be very intentional in recognizing who Jesus is and how he works in our lives. He came as the baby. He came in order to die on the cross. And we see that he is our redeemer. He provides the only way for salvation. And we are so thankful that he died on the cross and that he rose again and that he ascended to the right hand of the father where right now he sits and he is praying for us. And in that role, we see him as our deliverer. He is enabling us through the work of the Holy Spirit and through the power of God's word to be more than conquerors in Mm. Christ Jesus. And not only is he our redeemer and our deliverer, he's our soon coming king. He is coming back again. And he will take us home to be with him in heaven forever. And we know that scripture tells us that will be the most incredible sight and sound we've ever experienced. And so right now, during this Christmas season, let's unwrap who he is and how he works in and through our lives. And let's eliminate the distractions so that we can make much of Jesus this holiday season. That's Andrea Lennon with Truth On The Go. Thanks so much for joining us today. You know, nothing excites Andrea more than God's Word meeting us at our greatest point of need, speaking truth into our lives, and empowering us to live meaningful, productive, and God-honoring lives. We pray that today's truth helped you connect with God and His Word in a life-changing way. If you would like to book Andrea for your next speaking event or connect with her on social media, visit andrealennonministry.org. Andrea will return next week with more Truth on the Go. Truth on the Go is an outreach of True Vine Ministries, Conway, Arkansas.